Welcome, welcome back. <laughs> Thank you for joining. So yeah, today is going to be interesting. It's a very, uh, I mean, really, you don't need any kind of spirituality for this meditation. It's really a phenomenological exploration. But ultimately, there are important concepts and conceptions and kind of like internal pointers that the human mind has uh, that are very universal, that could be said to be very spiritual. Um, here, we can definitely treat it as phenomenology. And in a sense, I think we can even go one step beyond it and disentangle any kind of uh, social dynamics that usually get mixed up with these concepts so that we can appreciate the phenomenology without having to buy into any social club or any social memeplex or politics or anything of the sort. In fact, I think uh, this meditation might be actually somewhat liberating for, for some people in that they can reconnect with a pretty important concept without feeling that they have to buy into the way a community sees reality that is very limiting. So in another meditation, uh, if we have time, we are going to explore ontologies, essentially how we make sense of the fundamental makeup of reality. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be exploring one kind of ontology that is very, very, very profound for a lot of people. Uh, and I do think it has resonances uh, <laughs> with a human, human soul, so to, so to speak. So, yeah, today we're going to do a phenomenological exploration on the concept of God. I even titled it Open Sourcing God, <laughs> partly because I, I actually feel that, uh, and as, this is actually one of the early conceptions we're going to explore. Um, in some sense, you know, if uh, God actually... One of the reasons it's uh, difficult to ignore as a concept is that you can get high on God. You can get high on God. And so in some sense, uh, some religions, some spiritualities, you can think of it as, you know, the priests or the organizations or kind of the, the drug dealers, <laughs> you know, limiting the supply, limiting the supply or, or telling you, you have to abide by these and these rules. These and these social clubs, if you want any of these good stuff. <laughs> and I think uh, ideologically and aesthetically, I so much more prefer kind of an open sourcing approach where like, hey, well, here are all of these conceptions. You can practice it on your own or not. It's uh, completely up to you. So these are ways of seeing that may or may not be helpful for you. But uh, if you're open to it, it might be a, an interesting, interesting exploration. So... We start out by feeling comfortable, just relaxing, feeling your body either in the seating posture or laying down. Just notice how you feel before we do, we do anything else.
yeah, we start out by just feeling our body, whatever posture it is. Just notice how it feels. So again, as we've done in other meditations, let's do a very quick scan of the various main channels of experience. So first of all, your visual field, outer seeing, with either eyes closed or eyes open. How does it feel like? Now we move on to the inner seeing, kind of your inner eye. What is going on there? We move on to outer here. What is going on in the auditory field? Just observe. Now your inner inner here sort of the quasi-acoustic phenomena that underlie internal dialogue. What is going on? What does it feel like? Now the uh, outer feel, tactile sensations, the feelings of temperature. Let me know if it gets too warm. <laughs> if not, just enjoy it. And then inner feeling, your emotional makeup, your sense of embodiment and the energies in you. How does that feel like? Yeah, it's oftentimes very helpful to start out a meditation with a, a scan of the main components of experience to get a sense of the weather of your experience. 
And also so that at the end of the meditation, you can do another scan and notice how the meditation impacted your experience. You have a, something you can compare it against. It's also pretty grounding and expands the scope of attention and awareness, which makes the meditation oftentimes more, more powerful and more useful. So even though the various conceptions of, of God or divinity I'm going to be walking you through are very conceptual, you know, very mind-like, I want you to really try to embody them and notice what does it feel like to inhabit a world where this is true. If I were to have this conception of the divine or of God, of ultimate reality, what would it feel like to inhabit that world? So don't think of it just as a concept. Think of it as a lived experience, as a reality all of itself. So the first conception is cosmic anarchy. There's no ultimate God of any sort. There is just countless irreconcilable forces. You could imagine a lot of early religions or early belief systems, various kinds of animism, inhabit the world where there is no kind of overarching principle or force, but it's an enormous chaos of competing forces. What does it feel like to be in that reality? The jungle, the jungle of consciousness. And of course, it's quite likely that for many years our ancestors lived in this world. Now, out of this chaos, this enormous cacophony of forces and energies in order to gain some order and predictability. Notice the coalition making that happens between these energies. In your local island of order, 
you form a little group where things make some sort of sense. This is the origin of us and them. So out of this, you get a, yeah, the conception of God as God as our God, the God of our group. And again, for many years, this is where we, we were. It was the God of our, of our group, of our tribe versus everything else in some sense this is the origin of God as politics because is God as what protects you from the chaos of reality keeps you in the little island of order that is your tribe out of these you get a with a few more iterations the cycles of evolution you get God as hierarchy what I was explaining of <laughs> those who control the supply of God who can absolve you of your sins who interpret God God as the energy the priest is in contact with Again, for many years, this was a very ubiquitous conception of God. The organizing principle becomes who is closest to this energy within the group. Notice if this is in some way constraining or rigid. But also in some sense it provides some order. Maybe useful when there's extreme chaos. More abstractly, here's where we start experiencing God as archetypes as principles we can revisit they're not specific to a particular particular instantiation of the hierarchy
and now a very 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 common conception of god of course large percentage of the population inhabit this conception is god as creator as the being who made reality maybe with a plan maybe with a purpose but certainly has power over it you're taking the local social hierarchy and projecting it to the entire universe And in the absence of a God as creator that reveals itself, you can talk to and meet in person. Then you get maybe the next best thing within this conception, which becomes God as the law, God as the rules. Notice what it feels like to inhabit a world where whether you follow the law, whether you follow the rules, is the thing that connects you to God or not. When you don't follow the rules, then you're, then you're going against God in this conception. But we can transcend this notion. A more abstract conception becomes God as life. Where there is life, there is God. And in this conception, the whole chaos and cacophony of energies are all expressions of God even if they're fighting each other even if they don't get along what does it feel like to associate God as life Life is God and God is life. More pragmatic, perhaps, would be a conception of God as children or as a replication principle. Whatever makes your tribe reproduce is exactly whatever God wants, tautologically.
then as some more abstract even conceptions think of god as dynamics where we've dissociated from any conception of god embedded in human relationships or rules and it's just movement dynamism whenever there is dynamism that is the universal principle expressing itself the opposite of rigidity from here we get god as energy energy raising activities then take you closer to the source this could be a very pragmatically useful conception if you find yourself being very rigid or stuck god of movement as transformation as energy as intensity as aliveness wakefulness in this conception the beings that are very very alive very very awake are closer to god or ultimate reality relative to those who are asleep or dim or blunted or rigid perhaps a very useful conception during breathing exercises or something of the sort a very trippy notion of god is the god of coincidences a lot of the talk about conceptions of god i'm describing is inspired by this work by john lilly called simulations of god He believed in the god of coincidences. God doesn't express itself in human laws, in human judgment, in human morality, but merely in the synchronicities that arise in life. The engine that controls the coincidences is a very fascinating conception of god very trippy to inhabit very very trippy Now, very cross-culturally useful, you have God as love, either passionate love or compassionate love, love as empathy and friendliness. 
this conception can make a lot of sense because if you think of God as a unifying principle, then of course God as love is what keeps us together, unifies us, allows us to cross, cross bridges, crossing borders. God as love, therefore, is pretty close to God as language. Because with language you can connect and cross borders. What is it like to have God as language, the logos? Many people have this conception. Very powerful. You can get very high on this conception. From here you have God as intelligence and understanding. Sort of the, the Godhead that can see it all and understand it all. The more you learn, the more you clarify, the closer you are to it. Or the more you're an expression of it. And from here you have the very trippy notion of God as consciousness, as awareness itself. Wherever there is a perceiver or a witness, there is God. And any of these conceptions can be, in a very technical language, an axis of annealing. Something you can choose to organize your semantic world and emotional world around. To have as the guiding principle for how you see everything else. So going one level higher, you can say maybe God, at least in how it's expressed, it would be God as the axis of annealing. Perhaps this is more of a description of the way we relate to it. 
but in and of itself, it can be a very fruitful and pragmatically interesting conception. And at the perhaps most general level, you might have God as valence. Not the meaning of the experience, but its texture. In which case, people with utterly incompatible conception of of the divine are actually still tapping into the exact same thing. Something along the lines of smooth geometry, consonance, symmetry. Perhaps even inanimate objects and atoms and fields are members of this universal, universal conception of God in this in this interpretation. Now I'm not gonna not gonna tell you any one of these conceptions is better than others. I'm just walking you through the phenomenology of buying into them and seeing what happens. Of course, what do you choose to do is up to you. I just think uh, having the option, the full platter the full menu can be very helpful. And so now just choose whichever conception you resonated with or you feel you can grow from or grow into. And let's uh, explore it for a moment. See if it can be healing in any way. And with this, uh, we're going to close the meditation. But before we do that, just do a brief scan on the main channels of your experience and notice if you feel in any way different to get a sense of how the meditation has impacted your world simulation. How does walking through different phenomenological conceptions of the divine affects your world simulation? Now in your own time, 
feel free to open your eyes and come back, come back to this here and now. Thank you.